I have got some ghost stories for you. I feel something crawl into the bed with me and it starts to spoon me. There was a time where I would be in bed falling asleep and I would hear my name being called. Different voices call my name. Poof, the person disappeared right in front of our eyes. And we were both like, did you see that? There was this figure of a woman. Her skin was bluish and her hands were clawed and her mouth was wide open. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. And uh, welcome to another shit show. Here we go. I am so sorry. We, we've already been scrambling trying to fix problems all over the place because we're having to clearly tape separately again this week. Not because of ice this time, but I got COVID. So no, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> like, is it what is it like 2020 again? It's seriously. I know. It's like, how did I get COVID? I told my husband you had COVID and he was like, is that even still a thing? And I was like, <laughs> it is. Seriously, when they told me at the doctor's office, I was like, no, really? And this is the first time I've had it. I've made it this long without getting COVID. It's like, damn it. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Hopefully this will be the last time that we have to tape separately. But uh, we do still have a lot of great stories, some really cool stuff coming up. we got a story about a dog that's like glitching the matrix and uh, a ghost town that was filled in and became a lake. So all of that is coming up. First, big thanks to our latest patrons. We have Samantha Sanford, Jennifer Huff, Tina Salinas, and also big love to Carol Chico McCone for becoming an annual patron. So just remember, if you've listened to all of the stories and you want more, there's lots of exclusive content over at patreon.com backslash haunted AF. It's also the best way to support the podcast, along with buying lots of merch as well, which you can do that at hauntedaf.com. So glad you said that because we actually had a whole bunch of people buy some new t-shirts last week, new merch, all that kind of stuff. And we're super thankful about that. You want to check out our merch, please do so. Hauntedaf.com, just like Julie said. When you get that merch in, please take a picture of it, send it to us because we want to post that on all of our social media because it's a thank you. It's our way of saying thank you to you. And also thank you, Rebecca, because we have sold more t-shirts and sweatshirts in the past two weeks than we have in probably the last six months. And I really think it's because of the cute new t-shirts you designed, <laughs> even though nobody's, nobody's actually buying those. <laughs> okay, well, who cares? But well, we're going to get some. I think we need those for ourselves, but it's making people go and look at the stuff. So thank you, Rebecca. And for those of you who don't have the Haunted AF sweatshirt, I'm wearing mine today and it's super cozy. It's very good sick wear. You know, if you're going to be like sludging around your house, (laughs) this is it. Um, Knotting it up. <laughs> seriously. I feel really gross putting even lipstick on today because like I, you know, I just wear a mask all the time and like putting my good lipstick on this gross mouth. It's like, ew. <laughs> if you haven't, go and check out the companion blog to see one of the many talking crows that we came across on YouTube. The weird thing is when the crows learn how to talk, they tend to sound like the person who taught them, which is really creepy in itself. There's this one woman who's talking and when the crow starts talking it's in a female voice which is just kind of messed up so I told Matt that I've been trying to befriend crows on my own and like feeding them old hot dog buns and stuff (laughs) he said I personally had the best luck with unsalted raw peanuts out of the shell and then he said 
Here's a quick little non-ghost story that happened to me today. I live in an apartment on the top floor going on two years with no experiences, nothing paranormal. But then this morning around eight o'clock, I'm listening to Haunted AF when I hear a loud, aggressive pounding on my front door. So I'm worried... Yeah, I looked through the peephole. Nobody's there. I convinced myself it was just from somewhere else in the building, and I got back to work. A few minutes later, I hear footsteps and stomps, clear as day, very loud. They were even making the walls shake. And then it seemed like the longer it went on, the more intense things got. Then the knocking was coming back, and this time it sounded like it was in the walls and ceilings everywhere. So I'm like, I just got to get out of here, hoping that whatever was happening was going to be done by the time I got back. As I opened my front door, though, I saw a note tape to it. Dear resident, this is to inform you that starting Monday, roofers will be doing routine maintenance on your building's roof. So while I may not be haunted, it's pretty clear I'm a bit of an idiot. Haunted AF didn't attract ghosts to me, but it did attract roofers. And again, that is from Matt. And he's got more stories that we're going to be sharing. Congratulations, Matt. You don't have a ghost. Good for you. We should all be very happy for you. Uh, Our next story comes from Mark. And Mark says, I heard you on Jim Harold's campfire, and I have a story to share. Basically, at three times in my life, I have woken up from a deep sleep with a black ball above me. The ball looks like a plastic ball that just endlessly folds into itself. First time as a child. Second time was when I was in college living in Arizona. And lastly, when I lived in Northern Virginia. The last time I remembered the other times and was looking for something that I had missed previously. At no point did I feel fear when this happened. I should also mention that I sleep on my side. So every time it happened, uh, I rolled and it came into view. So no sleep paralysis. The last time something wild happened, but I can save that for the show if my story gets selected. Well, it's selected. What the hell happened? You left us hanging, bro. I mean, that's really creepy. I reached out to him and asked, like, can you draw a picture of it or something for us? Out of all the crazy stories we've heard, I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. No, but like my brain is jumping to a wormhole type thing, like what you would see in some sort of space movie or uh, computer wormhole. Does that make sense? Sure. Why not? So, Mark, you have to let us know what the wild thing is that happened. And we need a picture drawn of it. Um, (laughs) So many demands from us, Mark. Okay. Get on it, Mark. Come on. Okay. So we got this one from Aaron. He says, hello, I have a video clip for you guys. We often joke that our house is haunted by a ghost named Frank when we can't find something. But this... I can't explain. This video is of my wife heading off to work. There is a gate below the camera, and this is the second time within five minutes that she has walked through the gate. Maybe this is Frank heading out too? Sincerely, Aaron. P.S. Normally, you can 100% tell if it is a bug on the camera. Enjoy the video. (laughs) It happens really quick. Okay, so Rebecca, you just watched the video. First thought, bug. (laughs) <laughs> so yes i mean see, I, like it looks like a dragonfly because it looks like it's got four little wings at one point however i will say when i slowed it down and like pulled it up frame by frame by frame there is no clear image of a bug it does a very strange movement in that it goes up and then like zips off to the side so All i'm right. just like you And again, we're going to post this video in the companion blog, episode two, season nine at hauntedaf.com. So here's the thing. I'm just like you. I looked at it. I'm like, it's a bug, Aaron. Jesus. Then I watched it again. And same thing. I watched it over and over again. Slowly. It was like, this is weird. But then the one thing that really did stand out to me, there's snow on the ground. It's freezing cold. You can see steam billowing and smoke blowing around off the tops of the houses. 
are there any bugs that are still active in that type of temperature? That is a great question. And I would think no. Right. Go and watch this video again. The very, and this is why I did not automatically post it because I know everybody's going to be like, Hey, dumbass, it's a bug, right. which is exactly what I thought. However, there's the weather to consider. So if sure. there are cold weather bugs that we're not aware of, let us know. Haunted AF podcast at gmail.com. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents hometown ghost stories. A paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. I took you for walks, gave you belly rubs, still see you wag your tail in the sun. Is it all in my head, or is it the dead pet (laughs) of the week? Oh, thank you. That is from Tasha. so wonderful. She actually sent us a video and she said that we could use it. So we're going to share that in the companion blog. So thank you, Tasha. So uh, this story, Rebecca, the one that you're getting ready to read, I think Uh this one was sent to us about two years ago. Oh, you know what? Better late than never. Exactly. Thank you. It is what it is. There's there's only two of us. We only have a few hands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So this actually comes from Olga and she says, one evening when I opened up the garage to put up my bike, I saw two green dots staring at me from the inside. I thought, great, I've got a shadow being in my garage, probably going to take my soul or something. (laughs) Thank goodness for bike lights because I shined mine into the garage where the green dots turned out to be my cat, Nora. She was a green-eyed, long-haired Russian blue who came with the name Nora because her previous owners were huge Nora Jones fans. Got her as a kitten, and she died at 14 years old in her favorite spot in the backyard. She loved it so much there that my stepdad and I chose to bury her there. Time passed, and then one morning, as I pulled my bike out of the garage, something dashed right between my feet, nearly causing me to trip. I screamed out, Nora, you little stinker! Then I remembered she'd been dead for a year. That's when I looked down and saw a little gray cloud glide across the garage floor and go out to the door. Nothing has happened since, but I still occasionally feel like I'm being watched from her spot in the backyard. I don't think that Nora crossed the rainbow bridge, y'all. Oh, oh good. Thank you for sharing that story. And oh, how do we help Nora pass over to the rainbow bridge? Oh, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, when I die, I want my pets to be on the other side. So if she doesn't go like now, she might not be there to greet me later. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're just waiting for us. Oh God, I'd love that. <laughs> love that. Okay, so we have another pet story, but this is not a dead pet story. This one's from Robin, who says, Hey, ladies. So this happened around Christmas 2021. My husband, three-year-old daughter, and I were visiting his sister at her New Jersey beach house. We arrived early in the afternoon, and I was showing my daughter around. The house is on stilts and divided into multiple levels, so there are lots of stairs. Their dog, Marvel, was this sweet but large, energetic young dog, and I noticed that he was following us around. 
In the kitchen was yet another set of stairs steeper than the rest that led to the roof deck. I walked up the stairs with my daughter so we could go look at the ocean and Marvel bolted excitedly up the stairs behind us. He bolted out the door ahead of us and in the process pushed my daughter back down the staircase. I had to grab her arm to stop her from tumbling backwards. Needless to say, I was kind of pissed at the dog. So I scooped up my daughter and shut the door in a huff behind him. My husband was at the bottom of the stairs and witnessed the whole thing, telling me, good catch, as I walked back down. His sister walked into the kitchen and I told her, Marvel's still on the roof because it probably wasn't a great place for a dog to be alone. She said, what are you talking about? And I said, I just shut the door behind Marvel on the roof because he almost pushed Marin down the stairs. Then we heard a voice on the floor below us shout, no, Marvel's down here with me. I walked to the edge of the stairs and the damn dog was there with my brother-in-law as he was changing the batteries on the smoke alarm. Needless to say, my husband and I were utterly confused. He ran up to the roof and there was no dog. My brother-in-law insisted that Marvel was with him the whole time, but both my husband and I witnessed the dog push past me and up the steps and have the door shut behind him. I don't know if it was a glitch in the matrix or a doppelganger, but we had multiple witnesses that placed that dog into places at the same time. I was super creeped out for the rest of the trip, wondering if that had been something evil trying to hurt my kid or what. And then half of the family got COVID and had to stay at the beach house away from everybody else for Christmas anyway. So needless to say, one of the weirdest holidays I've ever had. That's my story. And that is from Robin. So uh, she did send a picture of Marvel, but what on earth i don't know this might be the first time we've ever had a doppelganger type dog story right yeah i don't know how to explain a doppelganger period so let alone a doppelganger dog story right it was a top floor so there was not a way for the dog to like there wasn't like a little doggy slide where he could (laughs) quickly escape right (laughs) nothing cool like that unfortunately Okay, so here's another one of those uh, stories that I've been sitting on for a million years. This one is from Scott Michelle. So I got two stories for you. Well, one being from my sister and one being from my father. Basically, in the January before I was born in 1988, my grandfather was killed um, on his way home from the pub by a motorcyclist. Basically, that night, my sister um, awoke after feeling like a bit of pressure on the bed. And as she looked up, she saw that uh, my grandfather was sitting on the edge of the bed and he basically said to her that everything's gonna be okay and not to worry, he's fine. Second story was about my dad. He uh, was working at this old house um, on the island where we live. Uh, he's a decorator by trade, so he was working in this room might you guys have mentioned in past episodes about that feeling that someone's behind you. As he was looked up from where he was working, he was working on a windowsill. Uh, he saw this little girl in a white, I suppose like a nightgown, this little girl walk into the room and just stand in the corner and smile at him. He kind of looked away like through the window as you do, he goes, huh, huh. And as he looked behind her and looked behind him and the, the little girl was gone. Before he left that day, he seen one of the owners of the house and he brought it up in conversation asking, oh, have you, uh, have you seen like a little girl around here? And the, uh, the woman looked at him more relieved and she goes, oh, thank God you've seen her as well. So my dad found out a bit of backstory about the house and apparently the room next to where he was working was originally bricked up. And what it was is back in old times, um, if you had a child that was born with a disability, it was seen as a shame upon the family. So 
basically what they did is when she got to a certain age and she became too much of a burden, they uh, bricked her up in the room. Oh. So the weird thing about it is that they found a uh, gravestone in the garden, but it was so old, any engravings had been uh, wiped clean from the stone. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's two of them for you. Thank you, Scott. And when I wrote him back, I asked, did I ever write a respond to this? And he said, no, you never did write back. It kind of felt like Stan in that Eminem song. <laughs> Only kidding. That's really sad. Uh, it is sad. This story, though, reminds me a lot of a video that we just posted on social media this past week of the people who found the hallway that was uh, next to the toilet. Yes. Yeah. Hell. And then did you see there was another person who they undid a wall in their house and they found like what used to be a city of like 20,000 people. What? Yeah, I'll have to send you that. How yeah, is- and like he unearthed an old city. How is that possible? I don't know. It's probably, it's, it, you know what? I'll be honest. It probably came from the onion and I misread. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll find it and send it to you. I saw it on social media. <laughs> so, it, so it has to be true. But no, so you have yeah, to send exactly. it. You have to yeah. send it. Because yeah, that, uh, that sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up this week with one of our favorite people. This is from Quinn. He sends a story. Uh, he tries to send one once a year, every time around his daughter's birthday. Aww. And uh, yeah, so here we go from Quinn. I'm currently recording right now outside of a cemetery. I was trying to record (laughs) near at another cemetery and it's kind of super foggy out. So here goes. This story takes place around 2007. At the time, like the area had been experiencing like a, like a huge drought. You know, one day me and my buddy, we used to go out for night drives and just kind of hang out over at this one place called Falls Lake. And Falls Lake is a 19-mile, like, lake, uh, man-made, when they eventually, like, filled up an area where a town used to be. So there's a lot of stuff, uh, like, on the bottom of the lake, like cars and stuff, and just a bunch of really, really cool things and houses. One day, we decided to go out there. You know, we're taking the trail through a kind of deserted stretch of road that used to be a part of the main highway. So as we're going out towards the lake, you know, my buddy, like, uh, Joe kind of gets the idea. He's a huge guy, but, like, he gets scared a little easy. So he goes back to the trunk of his car, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to grab a flashlight. You know, this big, huge, handheld little spotlight kind of thing. And also, he pulls out uh, his utility machete. So already it's kind of feeling like, okay, two black guys walking into the woods, like, pitch black, nothing. And when I say, like, you know, it was dark, it was to the point where as you approach Falls Lake, you drive over the highway. And normally you could see the reflection of the water, like, you know, the sky reflecting off the water. But during the drought, it was just blackness. It was scary. So we get off the uh, edge of the, where the water would be. So we start walking around and you get this super eerie feeling like we come across like, you know, a couple tires, an old rusted out car that had been under the water. So we decided to loop around, you know, search a little bit more. So the flashlight's kind of going out like ahead of us off in the distance, you know, the flashlight catches something. So Joe gets his machete. I'm kind of like, okay, all right, well, it's probably like deer. So I think nothing of it, you know, and then we keep walking. And so we were like, all right, let's just go underneath the bridge and walk around and see what else is around here. We stop on the other side of the bridge, like right over in the heart of the lake. So, yeah, we're just sitting there. Joe decides he's going to step off, you know, to kind of relieve himself. 
So he goes and like he uh, sets the machete down. Now I remember exactly where the machete was because I was standing at least like two inches away from it because I didn't want to be far away from like anything I could use to defend myself in case something comes after me. And so, yeah, he goes off and then eventually comes back. Starts looking for the machete. Now, I hadn't moved. I hadn't turned. I was just kind of standing there, you know, just waiting for him to get back. So he goes to reach for the machete. Machete's gone. And so, like, we're kind of freaking out, you know. You know, and I pick up a big rock because I'm like, all right, if some, someone's playing with us, you know, we might as well kind of be on our toes. Then, like, after two to three minutes, we find a machete. Now, mind you, the machete was like two inches away from me, you know, where I was standing you know, stuck in the ground. And yeah, well, we found it. It was a good, I want to say, 20 feet away from us, stuck in the ground. Now, I hadn't moved from that spot. Flashlight was sitting down on the ground in front of me, pointing off in the direction so Joe could see where I was and come back. So we grabbed the flashlight, we booked it, you know, we grabbed the machete, we're just running. We're running through this empty bed. And like, as we're going, you know, we start hearing things move around us and then we start seeing something off over on the side like on the bank in the trees just running along with us and then it stops and then yeah we just rush through the woods back to the car and i mean it is pitch black and it is one of the most frightening experiences ever and that's why like after my last story yeah i don't i don't particularly like the woods that much especially at night but yeah we get in the car and like we're just kind of freaked out and yeah, like to this day, we can't make sense of like, honestly, I can't make sense of it, but I know Falls Lake has had a bunch of drownings out there. So that's uh, another one of Quinn's fun little stories. Uh, I'm going to keep listening. So hopefully I'll hear this on at some point. <laughs> and I got plenty more down the road. So look forward to those. Thank you, Quinn. Keep them coming. This is such a simple story, but just the idea of being out there in the dark how does the machete end up 20 freaking feet away? I don't know. <laughs> and by the way, also, Quinn, if there was a TV show called Two Guys and a Machete, I would watch it. Oh, I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know why I, I couldn't even begin to tell you why the machete would be 20 feet away. And like what happened when they were running? Like they felt like there was another presence or other people there. And then it was just gone. Um, yeah. Falls Lake is famously haunted. So we will post some links to it. But there's just something about these uh, abandoned cities that are filled in as lakes. To me, it's just inviting that kind of thing. Lake Lanier in Atlanta, Georgia is the same way. Like underneath okay. the lake, there are homes and churches. And it was an abandoned city and they filled it up and turned it into a lake. And it's also famous for drownings. And they do kind of wonder if it's because of all the things that are there on the bottom of the lake. So there is a really great Strange and Unexplained podcast episode about uh, Lake Lanier. If you get a chance, check that out. But there's a book called Under the Lake. I think they even turned it into a movie at some point in time. But it was one of my favorite books when I was in high school. So if you get a chance, 
chance if that kind of thing sounds like fun and spooky to you. Like, do we know when exactly they filled in these lakes? Who's to say? Was it truly all of these places abandoned? Well, what if there were like people living there and then when they filled them in, they died? It was always very well known this area was going to be turned into, you know, a lake. It was going to be filled in with right. water. But some of the things that always stand out to me is, did they move all the cemeteries? Like, what about all the people who were buried there? What about the entire lifetimes that were spent there and now it's all underwater to me the whole thing is is amazing but we will post links there are so many ghost stories about falls lake and i'll also post a link to the lake linear story too so and if you guys have a spooky lake story because those are always fantastic actually just send all the stories haunted af podcast at gmail.com we do have the companion blogs we put those up every single week with every single episode hauntedaf.com and if you're new to the podcast we're on all the social media facebook instagram tiktok we're also on youtube where you can watch the entire show please like us subscribe all that good stuff yeah and we will post aaron's video on there as well oh, yeah. yeah the bug or whatever the yeah, hell that is the bug or whatever the yeah bug. and don't forget <laughs> if you like what you hear please help us out by leaving a good review of the podcast wherever you can and by telling your friends about us help us spread the word but what you really need to do is send us those spooky stories ghosts bigfoot ufo dead pets matrix glitches or just weird shit send it written or recorded audio or video to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com so we can use it in season nine of haunted af and don't forget to subscribe to haunted af on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher wherever you listen to podcasts please follow us on facebook twitter instagram youtube and of course tiktok you can even contact us directly through our website hauntedaf.com gotta say thanks to andrew mamalaga and travis vance for the haunted af theme song and to on-air media for titles and technical support also big thanks to all of the haunted af patreon supporters most of all we have to thank you for listening and for sharing your stories with us by the way julie if i die first i'm coming back to haunt you oh i'll come back to haunt you too rebecca 